Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. This is the baseball show that you don't want to see on the sticks because we are gamers. It's D. Mendy. Welcome you back to another episode. Joined by a cheesy individual providing you the knowledge you crave for dessert. Art Tornabeni, a.k.a. Little Cheesecake, the LC. LC, how's it going? Man, you know, you call it, you say cheesy, and, you know, people say, oh, he's cheesy. That's not good, but everyone loves cheese. So I don't see what's the problem. Everybody loves cheese. I'm cheesy and I'm proud. How you doing, David? <laughs> you're cheesecakey and you're proud. I'm man. cheesecakey and I'm proud. Everybody that comes on now, they just they're like, "Who's that guy with the cool nickname?" It's a little cheesecake, right? <laughs> Wear it proud. Uh, and then we also have joined by a dude here of many dilemmas and decisions, Eric Mendelson, aka the Doc. How's it going? It's going pretty well, man. Can't complain. Yeah, uh, we won't bring all the decisions and dilemmas on the show, but you have a lot of decisions and dilemmas on your plate here. I do. I'm LeBron, baby. I'm going to create an hour-long special just to announce these big ones. Let's say we'll bring that decision on the pod, but we'll lose all our viewers, so maybe we won't do that. My decision is that I want to remove my brotherhood from you. (laughs) You're going to bring my talents to another family. (laughs) David, David gets donated to another family. If I can lose any type of tie to you, that's fine. But on deck, we have MLB The Show, Real Life Edition. It's the 15th entry of MLB The Show series with many new improvements across the board. Today, we're going to look at the five most popular modes you can play in the game and turn them into real-life questions that need answering. And you are going to be, basically, you can do this as a listener. You can participate with us, or you can listen to what we do as the GMs making roster decisions, basically hitching our wagons to players that are in the minor leagues right now, double A or below, relocating and rebranding teams. We're going to do all that good stuff in this episode of Triple Play Fantasy. And we're going to be joined tonight with a man, the one and only Mr. Paul Spore, who's waiting in the hole and joining us tonight for this game and this show. After we're going to go to our bullpen for the question of the week, what is the best baseball card or memorabilia that you owned and our game of the week coming in to shut the door? But first up to bat is our news and notes. News and notes. Kim Ang was named new GM of the Marlins last week. This is the first woman's GM in baseball history. Ang becomes the highest ranking woman in baseball operations in the majors. She's also the fifth person to hold the general manager title in Marlins history. Ang, who turns 52 on Tuesday, has an extensive background as an executive. She has more than 30 years of experience in Major League Baseball, including 21 in the front offices of the White Sox, Yankees, and Dodgers. So, Doc, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts about this? About time. I mean, this is huge, not for baseball, but for all sports. To have a woman general manager and one of an Asian descent, I mean, she has the qualifications, as you mentioned. 30 years in MLB with some uh, pretty prominent franchises with the Yankees and Dodgers. And a few years ago, everybody was bashing the Marlins for what Jeter did with ownership. And now they kind of look to be revolutionary and I'm succeeding for her or I'm rooting for her so hard to succeed. So hopefully it paves the way for other women who are deserving of positions. All right. And cheesecake. What about you? Well, I think I know that she was uh, interviewed to be the Dodgers GM in 2004 when Ned Coletti got the position there. So this is a long time coming. Uh, She was so good that Ned Coletti then hired her to be part of the Dodgers organization. 
usually when you get you start getting those interviews, you start getting in the pipeline of, of people and a GM ship is around the corner. Uh, so it took a long time. And obviously there's some bias uh, uh, against women. Uh, you know, you can't help it. Uh, but uh, I think it's really awesome to see her getting her her start. And the Marlins are a team on the come up. Uh, who know? Hopefully this means they're going to start spending money. Hopefully this means they're going to start improving the team. They right now, I think, have the lowest payroll in the major leagues. And, uh, you know, a little bit of cash infusion with a real smart GM like Kim Ang. That's going to be a, it's going to be a fun team to watch in the future. I heard she's ready to spend and make some big moves, so I'm excited to see what transpires. Great job by the Marlins. <laughs> Next bit of news here. Theo Epstein stepped down from his role as president of baseball operations on Tuesday. He leaves the organization with one year remaining on his contract. This is the Cubs organization, and he plans to not pursue a job in 2021. Art, Cheesecake, the resident Cubs fan on this show. How do you feel about this? And do you think that Epstein can be a good uh, president of baseball operations in the future? Absolutely. I mean, when Theo came to town, it was very exciting. But I think you have to understand that when someone like Theo comes to town, it's not a long-term relationship. You're, you're, you're getting into a, you know, a steady dating position. He's going to work his butt off. But he burns himself out, I think, because he works so hard and he needs to move on. Uh, and it was time to move on. The Cubs are at a transition point with their team right now. They they uh, they have a lot of players coming to the end of their 20s, a lot of their stars. You're going to have to make a lot of decisions on them. And he obviously doesn't have the energy to take them into the next phase of their development. Uh, whether or not Jed Hoyer is a great choice for the guy to succeed him, I'm not 100% sure. I didn't think Hoyer was a great GM in San Diego before he came over to be the GM for the Cubs, but I like that he was under Epstein to uh, to, uh, to to help him guide the way. Hoyer's not taking Epstein's position. I'm not 100% confident in Hoyer, but I, I have absolutely no hard feelings about Epstein wanting to move on. You know that Epstein burns himself out because he's such a hard worker and he needs to take a break and get out of his current situation. We got a championship with Theo. He he was so committed to the Cubs for that whole time and was a fixture in Chicago from what I understand. Uh, real happy to have him as as part of our, our, our great organization's history. Doc, I'm assuming you don't want to add anything to that. Uh, all I want to say is I hope – Theo Epstein goes the Daryl Morey route where he steps down from a job, says he wants to spend more time with his family, and then takes another position. I think it'd be hilarious. You know, Philly is looking, trying to get him there. So Morey and Epstein could go to Philly, both of them. (laughs) That would be nuts. But elegantly said there by Mr. Cheesecake. Let's go to next bit of news here. Robinson Cano tested positive for PEDs and will be suspended the next 162 games. So I say the next 162 games because if baseball is shortened anyway next season, it will carry over into the following season as well. What does this mean for the Mets and what does it mean for Robinson Cano, Doc? So to quote Family Guy, Robinson Cano, he's a phony. He's a big fat phony. For the Mets, I mean, was he going to play every day? I, I kind of thought of him as a part-time second baseman. I mean, from what they said with the new ownership, they want to spend a lot. So they're going to save $24 million. You might as well put your money where your mouth is. 
Well, I think it's 20 because I think the uh, Mariners are paying the other four. Okay, well, 20 million. Better put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, and he's pretty much lost his chance of ever making the Hall of Fame at this point. Cheesecake, anything you want to add? Yeah, it's his second PED suspension, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So I think that is a real, real bad look on him. He had a nice season this past year, hit the ball really hard, played actually played some pretty good defense at second. And he was going to get run out there, but I think this really just ushers ushers in uh uh Francisco Lindor perhaps to to New York. They're they're gonna be pushing hard, they're gonna spend that money on something. Lindor's got a nice salary that'll fit into that twenty million pretty easily. I think they're gonna push pretty hard for him. Oh, you're making Michael Simeone happy over there. Talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's... SP Streamer's gonna he's gonna be all eggplanty over that. <laughs> we got a lot of news today. Let's go to the next news here. And the Padres announced they are re-signing Mike Clevenger to a two-year, eleven and a half million dollar deal, which buys out his remaining two arb- arbitration years. Simultaneously, they also announced he's going to have Tommy John surgery and missed all of the 2021 season. So, Cheesecake, is this a good move by the Padres, and will Clevenger be anything to what he was prior? It's the same thing they did with uh, Garrett Richards. They signed him to a two-year deal, knowing that the first year was going to be a bust. Uh, Richards came out and pitched pretty well for him. I mean, he wasn't great, but he was he was a serviceable starter. Clevenger has not been... The same pitcher this he was not the same pitcher this season that he had been in 2018 and 2019. Uh, the injuries have caught up to him a little bit, and you could see it in in his performance. <clears throat> I'm hoping that he can get over this Tommy John, this TJ, and come back and and be somewhat close to what he was. And so do the Padres, which is why they're giving him this deal. The Padres are forward looking with this. They want to get a good staff in there and. It's a cheap way to get make sure that you have a, a good pitcher in two seasons. I don't I don't hate the move. I don't hate the move. Although it is weird seeing the two pieces of news at the same time. Yeah, it, and they kind of like subtly put it in there. Like yeah. there's everybody not they're not going to see that. It is interesting. I looked at how it's being paid out and Clevenger obviously is expected to be back in the 2022 season. His contract ex- extension is $2 million in 21. So he's only making 2 mil this year. And then he's going to be getting paid six and a half million in 2022 with a 3 million deferred signing bonus. He also has performance related bonuses also in 2022. So they're only really paying 2 million for a year where he's not going to pitch, which doesn't seem too bad to me. And you're basically going to get him at a little bit of a bargain in 2022 is that one year deal. So I like how the payout is being structured. Doc, anything you would like to add? Yeah, I mean, I think the Padres are smart of how they structured his payout. Obviously, when they traded for him, they're, you're not getting the return because you got a rental for a few months. He pitched one inning in the postseason, is missing all the following season. This is his second time undergoing Tommy John. So he's probably not the pitcher that you traded all that haul for. Um, but I'm glad they at least have it in a somewhat financially uh, savvy way and you know, you don't have to worry about him going out and spreading COVID for another year if he's not picking. <laughs> Shots fired. Last bit of love news you, here. Dog. What? I said, love you, Clev Dog. That's your guy. Last bit of news here. I promise the last one. Drew Smiley is signed with the Braves on a one-year $11 million deal. Is this a good move? Because he was touted as a popular breakout this year, but 11 mil is a lot for this guy. So, Doc, I'll go right back to you. Uh, 
I'm okay with one year contracts. 11 mil is a little too steep for me, but um, you know, worst comes to worst, he sucks for a year. You eat that contract and then you don't resign him. Yeah, I'll go to you in a second, Cheesecake. So I, I wrote down Smiley, he's 31 years old, 342 ERA and seven appearances, five starts for the Giants last season, struck out 42 batters in 26 and a third innings, had a career best 37.8 strikeout rate and 14.35 strikeouts per nine innings, the highest K per nine of any pitcher who made at least five starts in 2020. He threw 36 and a half of his pitches for strikes this season after the Giants encouraged him to utilize it more frequently, his uh, curveball, which is his best pitch, and it yielded a 50% whiff rate at a, one, a .161 XBA. So looks like he made a lot of positive changes, so I am very intrigued. I actually like the move by the Braves. LC, what do you think? Uh, the Braves have, have really done well on one-year deals the past two, three seasons. Josh Donaldson, Marcelo Zuna, Smiley fits right in there. They also... Tell me about Cole Hamels. Yeah, Cole Hamels was the next one I was going to bring up. That didn't work <laughs> out too well. But, I mean, I, 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 I'm I a little bit skeptical of Smiley. Uh, in the in fantasy, he's he's going pretty late right now. So he's a nice nice dart throw. But uh, this is a guy who I think probably amped up his production over five starts because he knew free agency was coming. And his agent did a really good job at getting him a good contract. But I, I'm not 100% sure he's really that the guy that we saw or maybe not even that close to the guy we saw at the end of the season with the Giants. I'm interested to see. He's everybody's darling right now. Yeah. And he's with a good team. So he's a great late round flyer that I'm sure everybody's going to try to get. But the yeah, good thing gonna, is he's going to rise up draft boards pretty quickly. Yeah, it's a very good point. We're very early in the off season, so we'll see how that transpires. But does Drew Smiley make you smile? Do you like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more triple play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy football show and a fantasy basketball show that you can check out available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about you hop on the sticks, a.k.a. the Apple Podcast app, and give us a five-star rating and review. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy. Eric runs our social media and provides daily questions. Annoying, <laughs> yeah, annoying, stupid gifts. Really, really bad gifts. Really bad polls, too. And, of course, our weekly episode drops. You know that game you can't stop playing? That first game you played when you threw your backpack on the floor when you got home from school and you went right to your console? Do that with our podcast. I want you to throw your work bag on the floor and put us in your ears. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. And now, Paul Sporer. We welcome in a man that I would not classify as a sleeper, and I would not classify as a bust. A writer and podcaster at Fangraphs, a Twitch streamer for MLB The Show, and a contributor at ESPN Daily Notes. This Detroit Tigers fan, man of many hats, and wiener dog dad loves baseball more than your cat, but definitely not more than your dog. You've heard of Pokemon using Spore to put their opponents to sleep. Well, we're bringing on the real-life spore er. To keep us awake and wake up fantasy baseball nation, we welcome in Paul Spore. 
Paul, what's up, man? Thanks for what coming an, on the show. What an entrance. Thank you so much for having me on. That was a, a, a tremendous lead up there. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And of course, man. You're uh you're all your stuff is great. We love listening to you, you and um and all your analysis. So it's a real treat to be able to talk with you tonight. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited to get into it as well. So I want to first start out. How's the dog, man? Because I know your dog, Charlotte, right? Yes. Her uh, lost a nail. Yeah, she like she like uh, she was like kind of wobbling a little bit and and limping. And we're like, what's going on? Then it go in and out, in and out. And so we didn't think much of it. Then I checked on her one day, and her nail was like to the side. And if I touched it, she freaked out. So we got in. She had to have the whole thing removed. She's good though. It took a weekend to get better, and she's completely fine. Now the nail is going to take forever to grow back, but she's completely fine. So. Thank you for asking, but Charlotte's doing very well. I love She's to with hear my that right now. <laughs> I'm a concerned. I'm a very concerned dog dad myself. Always. So I, I had to ask right off the bat. Always, and we got our new puppy Henry, who's growing like a weed, and uh, uh, they're getting along ridiculously well. Do they play a lot together? Yes, and it's adorable because Henry's getting big enough to kind of push back on Char a little bit, and she doesn't like, <laughs> but she deserves it. She picks on him. <laughs> That's awesome. But one other thing I do want to ask you before we get started in here tonight is, is how long have you been twitching for MLB the show? Because I was watching some of your videos and you brought that uh, that intensity and, and that fire to your videos that I thought was really awesome. Thank you. Um, I love I love streaming for it. Uh, you know, probably about five years, four or five years, four years, 16. I think 16 was when I started. And so, you know, I just kind of fired up. You can stream through your PlayStation. So I just did that. And I used to do it kind of late at night and not even really tell anybody, which is not a great way to grow a channel. But, uh, you know, I kind of got <laughs> into the MLB The Show community, made some friends there and turned it into a nice community. I, I love it. Like People that don't even play spend, you know, every time I stream in there, they come in to hang out and talk baseball. They don't care about MLB The Show. Other people, they're very diehard for the game. They want to see gameplay and things like that. So it's an interesting group, but it keeps baseball going all year long, too, because you got, you know, 60 to 200 people, depending on when I'm streaming and, and what we're doing, that want to just be talking baseball all year round. Yeah. It's interesting I, I, I was going to say, it's go interesting because we had Ty Buttrey on before the season started, and he was the Angels representative for that tournament. And he uh-huh. said he wasn't a big video game guy, but how into it he got once he saw everybody else's. And he's like, I can see why they're addicted. And he it said gets, he spent, it gets to be so fun. Yeah, he said he spent three hour, three to four hours a day with a coach practicing. I was oh, like, wow, wow, this is intense. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you can you can get some coaching to get good at the game. I mean, there are definitely things you can do to make yourself better, especially if you're old like me. Uh, those reflexes aren't aren't where they are with the kids. All the best players are kids in the game. It's insane. You run into somebody and you're like, oh, he's 16. You hear that and you're like, you, you should be more afraid of him than normal. You know, normally we discount children at different uh, endeavors, uh, probably unfairly, but you know, it's like, oh, he's a kid. But you hear that in a video game, you're like, well, I'm dead. You'd rather be facing somebody who is, uh, whose age starts with a three, that's for sure. <laughs> well, it's good we have you on tonight because we <laughs> wanted to make a show combining two things that you're really good at, and that's MLB The Show and just baseball talk in general. And we're going to need that fire and intensity because today's topic for the show is MLB The Show Real Life Edition. Okay. And my soundboard did not have any other game game system sounds besides the GameCube. I like it. I'm here for it. So basically what we're going to be doing tonight is this is the 15th entry of MLB The Show series with many new improvements all across the board. 
And so what we're going to be doing is looking at the five most popular modes you can play in the game and turning them into real-life questions that need answering. So you're going to be that GM making roster decisions. You are going to hit your wagon on players deep in the minor leagues. You are in charge of relocating and rebranding teams. It's all going to go down in this episode. So let's start off with one mode that everybody that's played a sports video game is very familiar with, and that's franchise mode, where you can take control of a franchise and play it out for X amount of years. And I want to know for this first topic, and and Paul, of course, we'll start with you because you're the guest. I want you to pick a team right now. And basically, you know, if you think it's kind of just low relevancy, um, and I want you to customize it, rebrand it, and relocate it. So my questions to you is, what's going to be the new city for this team, a new logo, and can you tell us about the ballpark? Okay, so we're going to take, gonna hurt, we're going to hurt someplace. I tell you what, Florida, you haven't earned two teams. I'm sorry. <laughs> Both you made the playoffs recently, which I respect. Marlins played their hearts out this year, even after getting a COVID rash, but they're gone. Tampa Bay Rays have been better. The better team gets to stay. We'll figure out their stadium situation. They should probably be the ones to move, but I'm not trying to rip Tampa Bay from my many friends who are Tampa Bay fans. Uh, although I think some of them aren't even Tampa Bay based, so they would continue to follow the squad. But nevertheless, we're taking them out, and I really want to move them to Austin at the same time. The crowdedness that that may add. We're also getting a soccer team here very soon. Maybe it was supposed to be this year and it got delayed. I don't know. Maybe. It's right around now that we're getting an NMLS team. So we don't need it. So we won't go We won't go Austin. I mean, we do need it. I would love it. That'd be great. But we won't go Austin. We're going to go to Charlotte. I like it. All right. And they're going to be called the Charlotte Wiener Dogs Ooh. because <laughs> that's my Wiener Dog's name. But it could also it's also realistic. Like, you could see a minor league team being called the Wiener Dogs. Like, that's not even – crazy there's a team called the trash pandas for crying out loud so i think there's some viability here even though it's tailor-made to my existence and and what i've uh called my fans my uh mlb the show team previous years until this year calling them the charlotte otters because it represents my dog and the fact that i like otters so we're gonna go we're taking miami squad so we got pitching we're gonna we're gonna lean a little heavier on the pitching friendliness of the park but not too much we're still gonna be kind of neutral but we lean a little bit uh, toward the pitching. And I don't know all the climate patterns of Charlotte, but I would, I would tailor, tailor those a little bit to uh, when it's pre- at our peak climate of the summer, whatever that is. I think it's pretty hot there, I think. You can't help but have some offense, so maybe we, uh, maybe we keep, keep the walls a little bit further back. But you got to be careful. You don't want too big of an outfield either. So we're, we're, we're neutral, leaning, little pitcher-friendly there. We're the Charlotte Wieners. We are... We're dark purple. There's like only I think the only the Rockies are the only purple team I can yeah, think of. Yeah, and I'm I'm big on purple. So we're going we're going dark purple, a little bit darker than the Rockies. And the Wiener Dog is like a light brown on there, so it does pop off. It doesn't just go a dark brown that blends in. It's like a it's like that that beige almost. And I'm trying to think of like um this is such an old reference. God, I'm so old. Did you guys know who Yogi Bear is? <laughs> Yeah, I know Yogi Bear. Okay, well, not everyone knows Yogi Bear or like knows things about him. They can at least conjure the image that light brown, or maybe even a little bit louder or, or a little bit lighter than that. That's what I'm thinking. Those are the Charlotte Wiener dogs, Charlotte Wieners for short. Um, and yeah, sorry, Miami Marlins fans, you should have supported your team. <laughs> Can't well, help it. Cheesecake, you have to go after that. So 
Wait, what his is nickname Cheesecake? Mean there's... fantastic nickname. He's uh yeah, that's uh his, his name's Art, but we call him Little Cheesecake on this show. That's fantastic. Okay, congrats <laughs> on the badass nickname. Continue. Go ahead, sir. Thank you so much. Well, uh, I did not actually think about which team would relocate. I guess if I was going to pick a team, I would pick the the Angels because I hear getting to the ballpark in Anaheim is a nightmare. I've never been myself, but I've heard that. And also, uh, I didn't want to also pick Florida because I don't want to do them dirty like that. Uh, pick you know, uh, pick two 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 people pick Florida teams, but the Angels are moving and they're moving north of the border. They're moving to Vancouver. Vancouver is a city of almost 2.6 million. It would be one of the larger cities uh, in the, in Major League Baseball. I'm not exactly sure where it would rank, but um, there's not that many cities that have Major League Baseball teams over 2.6 million. It's also grown by almost 150,000 in the past five years. They host a minor league team right now. Uh, the Vancouver Canadians are single-A affiliate of the Blue Jays always lead the Northwest League in attendance. So there is a baseball, a small baseball culture there, but I think it could grow. <clears throat> the um, team name is the Vancouver Squatches. And Watch yeah, the Vancouver Squatches. Uh, I, I was thinking brown and green, kind of similar to the original D-Rays uniforms. And their logo is a Sasquatch swinging a bat, but the bat is a Western red cedar tree, red, red cedar tree, like the old uh, British Columbia forests up there and hitting a, hitting a bomb with his uh, red cedar tree as a bat. Now they're going to play. Now I looked this up. Uh, the Vancouver Canadian minor league team plays in a park that's near downtown called Queen Elizabeth Park. Um, uh, Nat Bailey Stadium at Queen Elizabeth Park. I think we're going to have to kick out the Vancouver Canadians because that's just a nice location. They're going to have to move. We're going to be close to downtown. But Queen Elizabeth Park has these gardens. It has a giant, a huge uh, public library there. So it is a great location for fans to mill about uh, around game time. It's about 15 minutes from right downtown. So I like that for that. Uh, and I decided that... You know, I wasn't going to think about what the team was going to be like. I wanted to go a little bit old school. I wanted the ballpark to resemble slightly one of the weirder ballparks in history, the old polo grounds. Not as extreme, though. Old polo grounds went 483 to dead center. This is only going to be 450 to dead center. But right down the lines, the polo grounds was 257 to right and 279 to left. This is going to be more about 300-300. I even came up with a drawing because... Uh, if you guys can see it. Nope, it doesn't show. doesn't show. Uh, Cheesecake, like you went above and beyond. I can see yep. it. I love it. Yep. Yeah. So That's going to cool be a hell on outfielder. The cool thing about it, like, <laughs> like it, it, the polo grounds was was called the wash tub, and there were great bounces off the walls when the balls hit it. So, so I'm thinking a team in Vancouver with a stadium such as this, if you can get a real great home field advantage with getting great outfielders out there and just consistently having good outfield, speedy outfielders, a team like Cincinnati comes in, they're going to have no chance chasing balls down out there. Um, so, yeah, that's Vancouver Squatches. That's, that's the team I'm creating. So Cheesecake, be- I thought you were uh, selling me like a travel agent to move there first. <laughs> I like it. So it's going to be Trout. I want to go. Know, trout and Adele out there. That's a good start for your, out, for your outfield that you need uh, – to, to be strong for you for sure i like it uh doc up top what are uh what are we looking at for yours 
All right, so I had the Tennessee Smokies, and I was, like, so confident. And I was like, let me just look up there as a team name. And that's their double-A affiliate. So I'm going with the Tennessee Whiskers. And whiskey's very big in that area. Uh, the Tennessee Nashville area has uh, NHL, NFL, and NBA teams. So they need to complete the big four. Um, Who's moving the there? The colors are going to be light brown and light blue. Who's the which team is entertainment moving there? there? You can have a trolley tour, or David, what you told me was the Sprocket Rocket, where you can okay. go around the stadium and sample different types of whiskey. It's mostly going to be barbecue. It's it's mostly going to be barbecue at this stadium. Um, it's going to be very short fences in. You know how there's that Big Mac land in left field in Bush Stadium? That's going to be okay. a pig. And we're moving over. Over the Chicago White Sox, Chicago does not need two teams. And Nonsense. we only. <laughs> Think of that. And out. it's going to be a hitter out. park. So bringing the White Sox over, going to be bashing home runs all day. What part did you not last year or did you last year? We just heard you say you, you're bashing home runs all day with the White Sox and your blame attractions or whatever they were. Oh, you're cold. Oh, man. it's gonna. That's cold. Oh, it's gonna. It's it's gonna be a hitter park. <laughs> I do hear that. Chick- fences up all day. in, hitting hitting home runs all day, eating barbecue and drinking whiskey. That is. That is what's going to bring people to baseball in Tennessee. All right. Love it. So let's move then to the next mode. And wait, that's going to, you have to, oh, pick go ahead. Your fa- if you're not making one, then you have to pick your favorite. You know what? I, I like the way you're thinking. I was like, I want to make sure you guys all get to answer yours. So my favorite one, I, I like aspects of all of your guys. Oh, and I wanted to, if I always I like, like to, not, side he's with, not going with me. He's not I want to side with Paul, but I don't know, Eric, you actually, you know, I hate agreeing with what, Anything you bring to the table, but I think I'm going to go with you. He, you got picked. Oh there. my god! I even think you would. Crazy. This is like the first this has ever happened. Was he sold me on on short fences? He sold he sold me on alcohol. He sold me on long balls. You sold me. That, that's the experience I want at the ballpark. Could, so, it could be, uh, and then and everybody with just the wants whiskers, to have a good you time. have the double on Tondra. You can do some cat shit. And <laughs> Some That's whiskey true. stuff. So marketing exactly. Well. Exactly. I was waiting for somebody to say that. All right. Well, Not bad. Not that bad. would be the only one you probably will get. Let's move to the next <laughs> one then. And the custom leagues mode. And for oh. these are for if you're looking to play with friends, there's this new custom leagues mode, which allows you to join or create a league with these friends, various settings and house rules to your liking you need to compete online together. So for this one, if you were going to invest in a franchise with a buddy, what current franchise would you invest in and why? And then take into account the farm systems, the current major league roster, coaching staffs in place, all those types of things that go into it. Obviously, if if they have a, you know bad contracts, that type of thing. And then as owner of these franchises, what are some changes you are making to the current team for 2021? So you have the power to, to kind of start changing this team in the image of your liking. So Cheesecake, I'll start with you this time to answer first. I think the easiest answer, the team that 
every baseball fan should want to take over right now is the Chicago White Sox. Uh, because the first move you make is you fire Tony Larusa. Get him <laughs> yes. out of there. That is the first move. Get him out there. And then ask Rick Hahn to find a new guy. I'm not going to say who. Rick Hahn's a good GM. Pick the best man for the job. He didn't get to choose Larusa. So Larusa, you're gone. Reinsdorf, you're gone. Uh, there are MLB ready prospect heavy already. They have Andrew Vaughn, Michael Kopech, Nick Madrigal, Garrett Crochet. Uh, they have Dane Dunning and Dylan Cease, good arms that could could end up being uh, could end up being in their rotation. They drafted well this year. They drafted Jared Kelly, one of the top high school arms, only 19 years old, Gatorade National Player of the Year. They also got a good pitcher in Jonathan Stever, good fastball and slurve, and a developing change. They went three more pitchers in the draft this year. So right now their their system's ranked number six in Major League Baseball and they have an, uh, a, com, a, com, a team ready to compete, sorry, in Major League <laughs> Baseball. So I think White Sox are the team that needs uh, that needs new ownership, and I'm ready to give it to them. All right. Uh, Cubby picking the White Sox. That's, yeah, i got to uh, turn this around. Yeah, that, you can't show your team now if you're talking about the other. Uh, Doc, where are you going? All right, so for me, I'm picking the Tampa Bay Rays. For two reasons. First of all, they're the 28th most valuable franchise, so probably one of the most affordable at $1.08 billion. The first thing I'm that. doing, I am marketing Randy Arena and Wander Franco like there is no tomorrow because MLB has done a poor job of marketing their all-stars. And if you're the Rays, those are two exciting players that you need to get out there to get to the casual fan. I'm keeping Kevin Cash. I'm trying to trade for someone like Albert Pujols. That's a legend that maybe older names know that has one year left on his deal with the Angels. I'm bringing in Dick Vitale, longtime season ticket holder. I'm running some promotions with him. I'm signing Trevor Bauer to a one-year deal. And I'm bringing his agent, Rachel Luba, around. I want to market them as well so that we can get more females involved in it. And I want it to be a fun team. I want to show Tyler Glass now doing backflips. I want to show everybody doing high fives, kind of like the Nationals World Series <laughs> run where they hit a home run and they're in the clubhouse. I want Tampa Bay to be a destination that all free agents want to go to, and they're willing to take a little bit of a pay cut. They have Vidal Brujan in their farm system. Shane Boz, as mentioned previously, Wander Franco. I mean, this team was one that made it to the World Series this year, so the talent is there. I think you just got to market them a little bit more, get them maybe – a one or two name really high priced players that you could do for a one or two year deal and boom, got world series. With uh, you get a flip for that one. I, I, brought in, I told you it was only going to be one. It's only going to be brought one. In, you brought in talking about bringing in Albert Pujols and you've lost me after that. So we're hey, going to go to score now. That, that's how you get old, old heads in. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, white Sox were obviously the top pick. That's a really good pick for where they're at right now. I think I'm going to pick – and this is a tough one because I, I might go for a ready-made club. We're going to win quickly. So I'm going to get the Reds because they're kind of already in their cycle here. It's time to reinforce what we've got, get a shortstop, um, try for something big, but if not, Angleton Simmons and just go glove there. Works completely fine, I think. Uh, big focus on bringing Bauer back obviously, 
I think that would be the the number one priority. I'm going to go one year, 42 mil on that. And uh, that way I don't have to commit long. He talked about wanting to do the one year. Now I did walk it back, <laughs> but I'm going to go big. I'm going to go big up, up to 42. I'll start obviously closer to like 35 and see where they're at. But I think 42 would get it done. And, you know, it's a lot obviously, but it's one year and it's hard to have a bad one year deal. I think even at, at that sort of price, otherwise the team's, you know, pretty darn good as is i think the offense severely underperformed there's upside there tyler stevenson could take over at catcher be an infusion of some hitting hunter greens um you know recovering from tj so he's a he's a wild card for sure nicodolo on the come up um jose garcia currently penciled in at shortstop but he's not ready yet but he is a he is a top prospect who could maybe be flipped so yeah i'll go reds and and try to win immediately this window's open right now are you making any other moves in the free agent market besides bringing in Trevor Bauer back Trevor Bauer? Or? No, it's really him in a shortstop. And so depending on where he would, what he would want for that one year deal, maybe two, if it's two, I'm probably going max two sixty, Uh, so 30, 30 mil a year. And then, you know, you could still get somebody, uh, at shortstop, like a DD Gregorius, bring him back. Remember that's where he started or an Angelton Simmons, something like that. There's there's some decent shortstops out there. Marcus Simeon's the big prize. If Bauer just says no, I turn my attention to Simeon, beef up that shortstop acquisition a bit more, and then play in the back end of the pitching market um, and just pick up you know, an arm or two to reinforce. Well, I'll tell you this. Eric immediately lost me when he brought in Albert Pujols. So he's not in yeah. consideration for this. And it was definitely between you and Cheesecake. And so you're telling cheesecake- me you don't add an outfielder to that already crowded outfield? Yeah, I do not add an outfielder. You're I, a I hater. That's not, not a top priority there when, when they jettisoned uh, Aquino. Like, they had no use for him. I understood why, too. Like, he, he wasn't good to finish the season. Like, yeah, we don't need you. Uh, it, but he's a good like fourth, fifth outfielder. So yeah, I think the Reds are good. They, I thought they'd be better this year than they were. Their pitching carried them and made it so that their bad pit, that their bad hitting didn't kill them until the very end. Well, it's interesting because, like I was saying, I think Eric immediately is eliminated because the Albert Pujols discussion, and it was definitely between you and Cheesecake Spore. And Cheesecake had me in in the beginning. But he didn't give me much to much to chew. He gave me he like gave me a little bit, a little bite, but I needed more. And you gave me that extra that I was looking for. I'm like, I'm looking to win now. You gave me how we're doing it. So you win this one, Spore. This is all you, buddy. Let's go. All right. Let's move to our third category here. And that's road to the show, which was my personal favorite mode. And this mode tasks you with creating a player and bringing him up through the ranks until you reach the big show. So what I'm going to do for each of you guys, pick one hitting and one pitching prospect that are double A or below. So maybe a little lesser known. And I want you to control them in the road to the show mode. Talk about their long-term outlook. Uh, basically, if they have a good farm system development with that team, the environment that they're in. So for instance, like Zach Veen with the Colorado Rockies uh, doesn't have much competition in the outfield for when he comes up. So it might be a better environment for him to get more playing time. All those types of factors can be included. So um I just the two prospects you're going to hit your name to if you were to play them through road to the show to try to get there quicker. So this time we'll start with the doc up top. Who are your two prospects? I think he's frozen. So we're going to go to Spore instead. 
All right. So the guys I'm going to develop from more of the mid-tier range as opposed to top end. I think first one, the crazy thing is, by the way, if you look, so many guys like just jumped because there was no minor leagues this year. And it's so crazy. I wonder how much it's going to change where like how many high A guys might just debut in the majors even when we get actual baseball back. But anyway, since it's double A, he would have been in triple A this year, but I'm going to use the loophole and take Jared Kelnick <laughs> for All Seattle. Right, so I don't need to start. Eric, must be for- Eric, you're off. You're booted. I'm going to mute his mic. So uh, go ahead, Spore. Okay. So I'm going to take Jared Kelnick because, you know, he's peaked at double A. He is, you know, pretty close. Again, I feel like he would have been in triple A in 2020 had there been major leagues. And yet, uh, in minor leagues, uh, rather, and yet we were uh, we were not blessed with such. So he's um, not that far behind, though, because he's only 21. So it's even losing that year and kind of having to be at the alternate site. This dude's a ready-made hitter. He's an absolute beast. Path is cleared in Seattle. When Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez are ready, and you can take either of them in this exercise, they will make the they will make way for them. Kyle Lewis is the only thing sitting there. Jose Marmolejos, uh, Mitch Haniger, no, Shed Long, n- none of it. Phil Irvin, it's all holding spots. Cal Seager's the only guy there. The idea is to get a Kelnick Lewis uh, Rodriguez outfield, and that'll be great. Kelnick's a brilliant hitter. Um, I haven't, I've only like watched him on YouTube tapes and, and things like that and, and read about him, but everybody raves about all the stuff that he can do at the dish. They're supposed to be a complete hitter with hit tool, with power to develop little sprinkle on a little bit of uh speed for fantasy purposes uh, makes it even better there too. So Jared Kelnick is the, is the hitter. Are we all going hitters at first or saying our hitter and our pitcher? We'll go, we'll go around to hitter first and then we'll do okay. pitchers next. So cheesecake, who's your hitter? I, I think I might also be able to slip in with a, with a technicality by choosing CJ Abrams. He probably would have been, he might have moved up beyond double A this year if he'd had a full season, but he he was high A at the end of last year. <clears throat> CJ Abrams, shortstop, San Diego Padres organization. Padres, a team, has a really good rep for developing people. I'm not sure how well deserved a lot of their guys they have traded for, like Cronenworth and Tatis, but uh, they certainly have have a good uh, MLB situation for a guy coming up. And CJ Abrams, just. Just a great, great prospect. Arizona Rookie League uh, MVP in 2019, 23 extra base hits in 32 games while he was there. Also stole 14 bases. This is a guy who might become a major fantasy asset uh, uh, when he comes up. He uh, he plays shortstop right now, but he can probably he can probably move off of that because they got Tatis there. But so he could play second base, maybe center field. He's got. Game breaking speed, maybe one of the fastest guys in, in in the majors when he gets up there. So um so he can play all around uh the outfield if he needs to. Um now right now he doesn't have a lot of pop. He shows some pop, but he has a big frame on his body, six two around and skinny, wiry frame. So as he grows, as he matures, adds a little muscle, adds a little bit of a man strength to his body, man he's gonna strength. add a little pop to his his uh his, his swing. Um, and I think that, uh, going up, getting himself in a situation where he can get into that Padres lineup. Abrams is a nice pick for, uh, taking to the show. All right. I like those are two good hitters to start doc. I'm going to take you out of timeout. So let's hear your pick. 
My pick is Jason Dominguez. Already has the cool nickname, The Martian. Can you imagine when you create your player and he goes up, The Martian. Perfect. He's in the Yankees. He's already in the biggest franchise. They said if he wasn't a baseball player, he could be built like a a running back because he's 5'10", 190, all muscle. He got the biggest signing bonus uh, the Yankees have ever given to an international player. They signed him for $5 million in 2019. And think about it. You work your way up to the majors. You get to potentially play with Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton and Bings and potentially hitting next to them as well. And let's say you have a couple good seasons. You get a payday from the Yankees being in already the largest market. I mean, isn't that what every hitter dreams of? Well, you have a lot of competition there. That's for sure. There's a little more competition on your end than it was for their two arguments. I mean, there is, but are you looking to get in right away or, you know, it's a marathon. Not a race. Playing MLB the show, I want to be called up to play. Otherwise, it's boring when you play those minor league I, games. I, I want to refine my tools and, and hit it off when I eventually no. I get to the major No, league. you're wrong. We're going back to Spore for brotherly love here. Pitching. All right. So looking at the pitchers, this one was uh, tougher because of how much the the minors were you know, the prospect field was ravaged by this season of, of call-ups. I feel like it was a spectacular year for call-ups, but holy smokes, like, I mean, you go look up and down a list, you're like, gone, 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 gone. Uh, I'm glad so, I wasn't alone on this. Yeah, it was hard, but I'm, I was able to land on one and play Homer and go Matt Manning coming up with the Tigers. And uh, I'm definitely excited to see what he can do. He got a little hurt. That's why he didn't get to come up with Scooble and Mize this year. But there's some serious chatter that he's the best of the bunch, even though Mize was the number one overall. Now, the Tigers do actually have a pretty good track record of developing pitching. Um, So I'm not too worried about that. They haven't really developed too many great hitting prospects recently. Nicholas Castellano is definitely the best. They built uh, a lot of that offense from the – from the team that competed for a while via free agency and trade, you know, Miggy came over young, but he, he was already a stud. Like he was already ready to go. So that doesn't count or anything like that, but I do trust them when it comes to pitching uh, either refining guys that they get or uh, developing, developing them from scratch. I think that's something they can do. The problem is we haven't seen their development as much because Dombrowski traded everybody that wasn't nailed down to, to stay competitive, which can be frustrating, especially if you like to follow prospects, but I was really happy that the Tigers were expected to compete every single year. But I do think that uh, developing Matt Manning under the Tigers regime will be good, and they'll be part of that big three there. Now, in all likelihood, one of them will be a spectacular. But odds tell us that one of them will be a spectacular bust, one of those three. Um, I, w- I don't want to predict who. It's not going to be Matt Manning, though, because I'm controlling him in road to the show. <laughs> I love that. And talking about the Tigers just made me reminisce for a second. Does anybody else miss Brandon Inge? Dude, my sister loved yeah. Brandon Inge. <laughs> like, you know, like our favorite player. And I was like, okay. Was it I really? Liked, I liked him too. Yeah. He, I mean, he was, he was awesome. Like, he All was right, four, let's hear your favorite Tiger real quick. Oh, Curtis Granderson. That's my favorite player ever. Okay, the Grandy man. That's a yeah, good it's one. Not, it's not even close. Um, yeah. And then after that, like childhood, it was, it was Trammell. Trammell and Whitaker, they kind of come together you know, as a pair. So I really, I really grouped them together, but uh, yeah, G- Curtis Granderson, without a doubt. It wouldn't have been fun watching baseball with each other, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Cause I'm a big twins fan. 
And I oh, know that yeah. the battles that they used to have when they both were like fighting for the division a bunch. The game one sixty three. Oh my goodness. Still, it's still weird because <laughs> it's still one of the best games I've ever seen, but one of the worst. I'd actually I was gonna go to the playoffs. I was gonna take my grandma and I'd bought tickets to the playoffs and they blew that lead to have that game one sixty three and then they lost that game. And it was it was rough. Did you uh throw something at the TV? No, I got my money back and everything, so it was fine. I actually sat Stared at a blank TV probably for 90 minutes. <laughs> like I would probably just sat there frozen. I'm more inclined to like, you know, yell or something. But I was, I was just like, what the hell? Because it was a great game. I think that's part of it is it was such a good game that it was like, damn, I came out on the wrong side of that. But that's historic. And then they did the top 25 on MLB Network. And it was one of them. So you know, <laughs> they, they agreed that it was one of the one of the best games that we've seen in the last 25 years or whatever. But you have to understand, over the last, since 1991, there hasn't been very many memories for us twin fans at all, because we didn't want a playoff game in 20 plus years. I was pulling for y'all big this year. I really thought you could do some damage. Although, after I saw what Houston did to you, I kind of jumped on their bandwagon. Not that I like them, (laughs) but more that I was like, watch out for them. They've got... They've got a real chance to go far, and they took Tampa Bay to a game seven. So They did. But it it was pretty clear right when they came out that they were back to the Astros that we expect, not the team that went sub 500. Right. And I think people in a 60 game season lose that because they're like, Hey, things could have righted themselves out if we had the full 162. I think they would have. And that, I think both ones making, I'm glad that a lot of bad stuff, a lot of weird stuff didn't happen because I don't want the expanded playoff. I just don't want a sub 500 team from the right from 162 to make the playoffs in a 60 game season, whatever. Cause I think Houston's one of the better teams, but anyway, I derailed us. Continue. No, 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 that was my fault for bringing up Brandon Inge. Uh cheesecake. Who's your pitching prospect? Um, <clears throat> well, I kind of cheated. I, I wasn't sure who to pick. So I went to the Cleveland Indians top prospects and picked the top one that was below double a. That's such a great prospect. The hack. So I did. Uh, so his name is Daniel Espino. I don't. I didn't know him very well. Remember when he was but uh, Daniel Espino broke the record for the fastest fastball in the Under Armour All America game. That's pretty good. Twenty fourth overall draft pick out of high school in two thousand nineteen. He sits ninety four to ninety seven with his heater with a nice low eighty sharp slider. Now he doesn't have the traditional Indians profile of a poor fastball, right? But <laughs> but uh but i feel like you know they'll help him develop his secondary offerings he still needs to work on his curve and change those are developing but um cleveland's pitching development system is outstanding and i feel like you get a guy with a live fastball and you put him in that development system they're gonna go they're gonna go far espino first round pick fastball 70 grade on the scouting his sliders a 60 grade and his curve and change are in the fifties. So uh, get that curve, get that change up Cleveland. And uh, you got your next, next great starter there, Daniel Espino. What a smart decision you just made to do that. Uh, Doc, who are you picking? So I am staying in the backyard, Paul. We live in Baltimore and I'm going with Grayson Rodriguez. I get considered him six, six, five prospect. He's got a mid to upper nineties fastball. He throws a slider that's in the 80s and a curveball in the 70s. So I love the huge um, gap in velocity between his pitches. I think that's going to fool a lot of people. In the Gulf Coast League, he went one. He had a 1.4 ERA and 20 strikeouts in 19 innings. Didn't allow any home runs. 
And I love that, that they have Adley Rutschman as their future catcher. So I think that you could have a great battery between them. And Baltimore has no, been known for their hitting over the years. And, you know, Camden Yards is a hitter ballpark. But I kind of look at him as the face of pitching of what Eric Bedard could have been had he been better than just that one season. So <laughs> he's going to be the long lost savior that the O's have been looking for to write that pitching staff. Oh, that's a big ask right there. Freaking Eric Bedard. We're bringing up some old names here, but I love it. But I have to, in all honesty, everybody had good answers, but I have to respect the process that Cheesecake just brought into this because that floored me. I, 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 that was such a good way to go. So, Cheesecake, I'm going to give you this category. I got one. All right, so let's move. I want to save the uh, fourth one I have on here because I know that's your bread and butter, Paul. So I, I want to move to the other one I have left, and that's the March to October. And so this mode truncates the season. It only makes it you play the pivotal moments, which is pretty cool. So whichever franchise you picked, if you want to pick the team you relocated or you want to pick the team you picked in custom leagues mode, I want you to give me some moments that happened during their season that were pivotal and how you might have changed that if you were a manager or an an owner in in those situations. This could be in-game moves that were made. Again, like, you know, you think of the whole taking Blake Snell out of the game if you were the manager of the Rays or a personnel move you might have made at the trade deadline to maybe take your team over the top. So, Doc, I will start with you this time if, if you can actually correspond with us here. Wow. Well, David, way to just take mine because Tampa was the team that I was doing for custom leagues mode. And that was my <laughs> first situation is you leave Blake Snell in the game. I wasn't a big so, reach or anything. So, so, like, you already have the composure where it's like, you know, the joystick starts rattling a little bit. Yeah. And you're like, and you're like, oh man, all right, it's going to be tougher to pitch, but I, if I can get out of this gym, if I can get a double play, I'm good. So that would be the first one. I, I kind of interpreted this another way because, like Go ahead. because they had 12 different closers get a save for 23 wins and a bunch of them got one save opportunity. So like Andrew Kittredge got one save. Can you imagine if you were playing him in my player and it's like, okay, Kevin Cash calls on you to get a save. The only opportunity this season. Don't blow it. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> if you blow it, he's got 11 other, other guys, 11 other guys to try it. Exactly. So, so I oh. thought that they also went to game five against the Yankees and game seven against the Astros. So just think about like every at bat, how like, oh man, let me get a hit here. Or let me at least make contact. Let, don't let me strike out. Like every pitch, every at bat is so important. So I was going with the Rays. A million Willie Adamas at bats. Don't strike out. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, li- I like that, Eric. Let's go to the Spore then. Who's yours? All right, well, I took my Reds, and we'll take them more through 2021 there. And uh, opening day, we got to finish a Luis Castillo no-hitter. He comes okay. out he comes out gunning. So we got to pitch the last three innings there and, and, and try to finish off that no-hitter. Now, that's something that they do a lot in the game uh, as well, and it's very difficult to complete, by the way. March, October is a really fun mode. And uh, Castillo, you know, very viable, capable of doing that. Um, I, I will tweak the, the March to October a little bit. They don't give you this much autonomy, but I will. Uh, what they do, but sometimes they default back to it after certain things, like if you make lineup changes. I will make the effort early on in the season to let Jesse Winker try to hit against lefties. I'm going to give him two months <laughs> and maybe pinch hit him, like pinch hit for him, like, two times against lefties like just maybe maybe some key situations on days where he's not having it i'll kind of play it but for the most part i will let him hit against lefties 
to see if he can do it. And that way I can have a full-scale player instead of just kind of the next Jock Peterson, which is good, but not quite great. Um, some more, more stuff I'd like to see in March, October, that if they expound on this mode, would be like choosing to drop a veteran in the lineup. Yo, if Joey Votto doesn't come out swinging this year, you're done in the top three, my guy. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Actually, maybe I can move you up. I can maybe move you to one and just let you be a leadoff hitter uh, because of the OBP and just kind of use you as an OBP machine. But he would have to be scoring enough runs because don't forget, just getting on base is one thing, but having the speed to cash that in is another. But I would like to see like a decision thing that you have to do if you do a team with an, a veteran who's struggling. Hey, Joey Votto's hitting 212. Do you keep him in the top of the line or do you move him down? And then you could have like, if you move him down, maybe he gets ticked and, and doesn't play well, or maybe he takes to it like a champ because he realizes, hey, I'm not playing that well. So that'd be fun. I think a closer decision uh, would be fun. I don't know that Rysel Iglesias is hanging on to that with guys like uh, Amir Garrett, Lucas Sims, Robert Stevenson, TJ Antone kind of kind of breathing down his neck and him having issues from time to time. Now, he was pretty good uh, this year. He, he had a nice bounce back, Rysel Iglesias did. So he'll be in the mix too, but I could see a closer battle there. And then as like an acquisition in the middle of the season, um, well, if you know, if we didn't get our if we didn't get our shortstop, yeah, I think it would be a shortstop based one. And the Rockies, because they're stupid, would be like trying to trade Trevor Story for some reason. And I'll just give them more or less anything that they want to get that done to push us uh, to the uh, to the World Series there for the Cincinnati Reds. You know, if they if it's got to be t- Tyler Stevenson, Nick Lodolo, and some other stuff. I think I'm doing it. Um, or maybe I might not even be that much because he's a free agent after 2022. So maybe it wouldn't even be that crazy if, if they started to look to trade him. But yeah, I'll trade for a shortstop in season and then we get in the playoffs and we we have a lot of key playoff moments. But uh, there's a crucial game seven against Atlanta where I need to bring in, I need to choose first who to bring in, Amir Garrett or new closer, Lucas Sims. He, he took over the job, by the way. Right, spoiler alert. <laughs> and, uh, but it's key at bat. Do you bring in your closer in the ninth or it, since a lefty coming in, do you bring in Garrett, but then he has to face two righties after that. And then in the World Series, um, we sweep 4-0 against the the Rays. Sorry, they lose another. That's it's tough. It's tough <laughs> for them. Uh, and it's 4-0. That's, that's really rough. But you just close out the last game with Sonny Gray, and you throw seven strong innings. And there you All go. Right. Do, you, do, you, do you fire David Bell? Um, No, but but there might be an in-season. There might be a moment in-season. <laughs> Do you, do you, you want to fire him if if you're only like if you're doing well but not well enough and he's still freaking out every once a week then maybe you move on from him. Do you do you do a Zoom call and say David Bell plead your case of why you should have a David, job? Yeah, what? Well, then he'll go ballistic on you though, and you'll be too afraid <laughs> to fire him. But yeah, he he goes he goes in, but I no I think he's I think it's worth giving him another year. I don't first off managers just don't have that much impact overall. Um, on the whole, on the outliers, they do, but on the whole, they don't. I think David Bell's fine. Better you're than Tony Russo. What's you're that? <laughs> I said you're nicer than me. David Bell would be out the door. You're canning him instantly. Instant <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm letting him stick around. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, though. I'm not afraid to move on from him, but we'll, we'll bring, we'll come in. We won't ruffle too many feathers just yet. David Bell is happy that Spore is running the team and not you, Doc. I'll yeah. say that. He gave. He texted me and told me that he heard the conversation. Is it, like, something, well, is it something about David's having each other's phone number that you want to you tell know, me? We, we stay connected. But uh, Cheesecake, let's go to you then. Who is, uh, how are you running the show here? Well, I, I, uh, I do not have that 
detailed of a plan for my franchise, but I, I do love the details for brought to this. That was fire. I'm taking over the White Sox. Uh, the White Sox were 32 and 16 in the first 48, finished the season on a three and nine run, <clears throat> basically taking them out outside of a chance of being the number one seed in the, in the AL An eight and four run would have tied them with the 40 and 20, um, 40 and 20 uh, Tampa Bay Rays. I think, you know, just replaying the final 12, eight and four after a 32 and 16, that sounds like a pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good continuation of what they're doing. I think I could take over the final 12, get us an eight and four, nine and three, get us that top seat. So we're not playing Oakland in the first round. And, uh, and then we could, then we can make some uh, noise against uh, Toronto in the first round and uh, get, get past them to play well, probably uh, Tampa or Houston in the second round. I, Tampa or Houston or, or whoever. I'm not 100% sure. My big goal is getting us out of that bad late-season slump, which continued in the playoffs for the White Sox, who could not finish off Oakland after after a nice start to that series. I want us to not play Oakland, so we are going to finish off that season 8-4, and 9-3, and three, get that top spot in the AL and, and, uh, and uh, let the chips fall where they can from there. And prevent Tony Larusa from getting that job, right? Oh, he's never Fire getting a job. <laughs> he's if not sniffing it. If he's there's one thing we can all agree on, that's for Tony, sure. Tony Larusa has one of those breathalyzer things from from before he comes into the clubhouse every day. He has to blow on the thing <laughs> to the clubhouse, like DUI uh, people. That's the thing. Like for real, though, he has a problem. Like, yeah, how many times are you gonna get caught? Anyway, yeah, not yeah, that, he does. Uh, Great analysis from everybody for this. Cheesecake, I am going to eliminate you from this discussion. Eric had me fired up with uh, and feeling like I was in it with the controls and Spore brought all the details. So I'm going to give you each half a point for that one. So then let's go to the last one. And we, again, the Diamond Dynasty. And this one was hard because, again, I know Spore, I know this is your jam. And I was like, what's a good way of, of turning this into an exercise here? And for those that don't know, the Diamond Dynasty is the collectible card game which you build a fantasy roster by earning digital cards of present and past players. So I want you to pretend you guys have earned all these XP points. You guys have this money you can spend. You have a 10-card starter pack. So you have an $800 budget, we'll say here, and we're using it by these player ratings uh, in the game. And uh, so this is the... Basically, again, you, I think you go on their, their website and they have all the ratings there. So if you need to, to refer to kind of see it and you have to pick a catcher, first, second, shortstop, third base, left field, center, right fielder, a starting pitcher and a relief pitcher. So 10 positions, $800 spent averages about 80 per position. So I want to hear your guys teams that you put together and then I'm going to pick the best team. And that's going to be uh, the winner for this part of this exercise. It's not so so let's go. I think Spore is going to probably have the best one, so I want to save him for last. So let's let's go cheesecake first. Yeah, uh, I decided that uh, there was going to be uh, you're going to have to save some money on a few positions, so you can go for some stars. So I'm just going to run through an order. Yasmani Grandal is my catcher. He's an 81 overall. Rowdy Telez at first. He's a 77. I want to get that left-handed pop. Jerkson Profar is a 74. He's my second baseman. He's a switch hitter. I like, I'm going to have a really balanced lineup here. You're losing oh, me. Gosh, I was going to say, your team's awful. So you're far. losing me here. You guys got to wait. Get some patience. 
Yo, I'm Mon Cotton now you here. That's my third baseman. He's Mon a 76. Mon Cotton now here. He's 76 overall. That way I, I save some money there. That way I can go after Francisco Lindor as my shortstop. 86 overall. Now my outfield is super good defensively. Kyle Lewis, Trent Grisham, and Mookie Betts. 93, uh, 77 Kyle Lewis, Trent Grisham, 78, 93 Mookie Betts. Uh, that's really going to help out my pitching staff. My starter is Lucas Giolito in 85. And my closer, where I really got to save some money, Alex Colome, 73. Okay. That's, that's right now I have the taste in my mouth of like, if I get a test back and I get like a, a B minus or a C plus, like, oh, okay with it. I think we could do better. Uh, you're a teacher and you have this bad taste in grading. That's awful. <laughs> I will say too, for folks that maybe haven't played the game, we're judging these based on how these players play in the game. Right. There's some sneak tip gems that won't translate. Like Roddy Telez is a great pick. He crushes. Yeah. So Grandal is so stupid. Good. And that will be the show that like th- th- there's a lot of good points. Mon- Moncada's insane. Grisham. It's a, it's a good team. It's a solid team put together. Thank you. All right, Doc, who's your picks? Oh, well, I I was all for bashing Cheesecake because then I could just top him, but now we got some positive vibes. So catcher, I got Wilson Contreras, 81 overall. First base, I have Reese Hoskins, the walk on base machine. He's a 77. Second base, I have DJ LeMayu. He's an 85, but position flexibility there. Shortstop, I got Jay Cronenworth, future uh, star for the Padres, 70 overall. Third base, David, you already know where I'm going. Nolan Arenado, 91 overall. My outfield, Anthony Santander, who's a 77. Charlie Blackman, who we know can hit 400 over a 26-game period, is 81. Mookie Betts is in right field at a 92. Aaron Nola is my starting pitcher and my relief pitcher out of Bryant University. Dog you, James Karinchak, who I heard is a cool guy, so... Future closer, future best closer in baseball. To what were the out. ratings for Nola and Karinchak? Uh, Nola in 84, and they're faking on Karinchak with a 59. He's a so 59? Those, wait, th- those are very beginning of the season. Oh, yeah. I, so, you cheater. You cheater. So, I mean, it's, he still worked within those within confines. I mean, th- those are all from the same roster. So yeah. I, I looked at the link that, that you sent me yesterday, David. Tisk tisk. There's two columns, but uh, he's got a handicap. That's all right. It's it's just uh, Cronenworth's up at a gold. He's an 80. Contreras is actually down a little bit, so you get a bonus there. Hoskins an 81. Um, I forget who else. Uh, I mean, I wrote everyone else down, but Nola's an 85. So, and But Karin checks an 82. Oh, 80, so. oh wow. Yeah, that's going to throw it off. Um, he deserved it. So, yeah, um, they do roster upgrades every week during the season. And so it's really cool. It's based on how they play in real life. So it's a lot of fun and you can kind of earn in-game currency based off of that. So it's a good team in those confines, but it, it, it was easier to use that roster. Cause that's, that was the very beginning of the season. I'm just saying. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> I like throw in the stage. Judge, judge, judge Spore. I love it. It's okay. I got the winner anyway, so it doesn't, <laughs> not a problem. Let's hear it. Well, you, got the best, you got the most updated rankings. I do. Have, I do have the updated rankings. So Mike Zanino is a 74. Um, he absolutely tanks the ball. It's unbelievable. Miguel Sano, one of the very best swings in the entire game, one of the very best hitters. Anybody who is anything at BR, not even, you don't have to be good. Because I'm not good. I don't have any 12 O's this year. 
But anyone who plays BR a lot knows of Sano's excellence. Miguel Sano is stupid. He's a 72. Keston here, I'm literally hitting 600 with him in like 45 plate appearances, which is a small sample, particularly in real life. But in MLB The Show, it starts to the small the sample sizes can be judged a little bit differently. So hitting 600 with somebody for 45 plate appearances is actually pretty insane. Swanson also, Dansby Swanson, out of his mind, has a 79. Uh, I'm literally hitting 500 against lefties, 442 against righties. Jose Ramirez, 89. You can get a little diamond action there. Jose Ramirez cards always slap. There's some uh, specialty cards this year of his that are just obscene. Kyle Schwarber is a brilliant Battle Royale player. Now, Battle Royale is a specific mode in Diamond Dynasty, by the way, that I'm bringing up for those that don't play MLB the show. It's a three-inning game. You draft your team, um, and you have to have different tiers of cards. You can't just pick whoever you want. So some of these lower-tier guys are a lot of fun. And Kyle Schwarber being a bronze, uh, or actually, I think he got moved up to silver, but either way, um, is very helpful because he has catcher eligibility, which he's obviously not a great catcher, but he won't kill you. And so it's kind of sneaked up. Actually, he's a 72. I worked five points to light. I left five points on the table, and I'm still going to win this. <laughs> I got Mike Trout at a 95. Mike Trout cards always slap, uh, whether it's the live series one or specialty ones. Jock Peterson, 76. He's insane. Um, he plays above his ratings, too. He looks like garbage against lefties. Doesn't matter. The swing's insane. Garrett Cole is my starter, 91. And then sneak tip, which I guess I could pour five points back into the relief and make it an 81, but I'll keep it at a 76 because Aaron Bummer is one of my favorites. He's obscene. He's got five pitches, got slider, uh, sinker, slider, cutter. All three pitches are very good on MLB The Show. He's a must-have lefty in the Battle Royale bullpen, but he's just good overall. So there's the team. There's the winner. You're welcome. Those poor baseballs that are going to get hit all over the yard with They're that gonna team. They're going to get destroyed. They're going to get – I mean, that lineup just – it's it's – decimating fools and you fit it in the budget too which is really impressive and you have garrett cole leading that staff you know i'm not gonna lie i'm very impressed with that staff but i also love how you said those cards slap like <laughs> i'm gonna start using do i have do i have permission Absolutely. to use that in my sales pitch tomorrow at yes, work yes. this slaps tell them that okay. whatever okay. you tell, tell them it slaps and this this financial publication slaps slap. and all these 70 and 80 year olds are going to be like what does that mean Yo, i like to, they no they're going to think i like to slap people that's a good thing <laughs> <laughs> cuz old people get away with crap all the time well for the combination of that it slaps and that he has a team that's literally just tearing apart baseballs <laughs> i, I got to give it to spore so that means he would beat you eric because you guys split last time. Cheesecake, you were in distant third in this exercise. So Spore takes it home. Let him celebrate now, because I don't know if he's going to celebrate after we play our game. Letting you get it out now. But before we get to that, we're going to get to our question of the week. And our question of the week is sponsored by Manscaped. And I think we have a little bit of a cheesecake reading this ad for us today. Support for Triple Play comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jigger balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untribbed pubes are a thing of, of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself a gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. If your package wasn't perfect before, it will be now. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Lawnmower 3.0 
has skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts does not cut on your nuts. It also waterproofs, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower comes inside the brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes the perfect gift for this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. What does it have? It has the crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Oh, yeah. Speaking, speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for their crop reviver. This product, along with the crop preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, or sticking. And these products do smell good. Their manly scent is attractive, and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxers that I am wearing right now and are very comfortable. Oh, dang. <laughs> so it's the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, your boyfriend, your husband, friends, the best gift of all time, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. You get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TRIPLEPLAY at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TRIPLEPLAY at manscaped.com. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Spore, did you ever watch Futurama? A little bit. I might not get the reference. Though. Do you know the Fry meme where he goes, shut up and take my money? Yes, yes. All right, <laughs> that's, that, that's was after, that was me after Cheesecake reading that ad. Yeah, it's fantastic. If I didn't already have Manscaped, I would get it. That's awesome. You already have it? Yeah, I got it. Too. Like. That's probably that's my best way to support like YouTube and pods that I like. Gotcha. Buy, buy I bought a Ridge wallet recently, which I'm sure you guys have heard people advertise. Oh yeah, it's yeah. actually amazing. I, I truly do love it. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, that, that's how I uh, and I got a Manscaped a while ago, and it's it is good. Not only do we have Cheesecake read the ad, but we had Paul Spore support Manscaped. So that's like two ads in one. Extra endorsement. <laughs> so our question this week. What is the best baseball card or any baseball memorabilia that you own? So this is an interesting question. Spore, you're the guest, so we'll start with you. Okay, so this isn't about worth uh, for me, value, financial value. I do have some decent cards, and uh, my father has some, but it's actually related to my father. Uh, he passed away this year in May, and we collected the 1987 wood border tops together. Uh, like out of packs, like going to the corner store and getting packs, asking for some for Christmas, things like that. Collected the whole set. So that will forever be the best set ever, 1987 wood border. First off, it looks cool. It's very, 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 very 80s to put a wood border around it. But those cards slap. And uh, I love that series. And so that that box of the 1987 that we put together, unquestionably the best thing I've got. I love that answer. That's a, the, a connection between you and your dad and and the fact that it slaps again. I mean, that's awesome. Cheesecake, what about you? The number one piece of memorabilia that I have is the Chicago Tribune from the day after the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. I I have not framed it yet. It sits in safekeeping right now until I decide to get off my butt and frame it. But the Chicago Tribune from that day uh, with uh, Rizzo jumping up in, in uh, Chris Bryant's arms with the ball in his back pocket, uh, I will never forget that day. And I will never forget, you know, my, my life is complete now after that day. And uh, that, that uh, Tribune just commemorates that accomplishment. All right. Championship Tribune right there. Doc, where are you going? All right, so I'm glad that – I because I was going to say something that my dad gave me, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a weenie saying my dad. No, but, not at all. And, and I think it was 2006. I didn't even collect baseball cards. 
and he gave me a Justin Verlander rookie tops card. And he said, Eric gave you that. Yeah. And he said, Eric, he said, Eric, hold on to this. He's going to be a hall of famer one day, even before he had pitched a game. And I still have that card. And did he know uh, about him? Like, how did he know about him? Like, cause uh, didn't he go to college in that, in y'all's area? Virginia, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, Old Dominion. Yeah. So yeah. did he maybe know him from being around the area? I, I'm guessing he did. That's a brilliant call. I mean, that's yeah. A, and and he, it. he gave me that in the Hanley Ramirez. I, I have the Hanley Ramirez somewhere, but the Verlander one, it does look like he'll be a Hall of Famer. So, Dad, yeah. listen to this. Thank you. Well, of he course, he, it. he listens, but he gave me a Torrey Hunter rookie card, and that's all I got. <laughs> Yeah, but you're a Twins fan, so it doesn't matter. Happy, he gave you, he gave you who you wanted. Yeah, David, David, would you have wanted a Tigers card back in the day? I mean, that's that's very fair, but <laughs> hindsight, I want it. Yeah, now. you don't want, want Justin Verlander back in 04, 05. Well, I remember because I was a big fan. This is kind of funny because I was a big, big Francisco Liriano fan. I was like, he's I the next big too. thing. And he was, I got until he got hurt. Yeah, and, and I got pissed because I would look at the box score and I would always have him and Verlander competing because the two best young studs coming up. And I'm like, I see Verlander do good. I'm like, oh no, no, Liriano needs to top him. And it was kind of like my rival in a way because I was like, Liriano's got to be better. So I, I, I love that you had them battling. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it's like Pokemon battle, but still, yeah, it's just I don't know. I, I'm kind of mad about it, but you're right, Eric. I probably that's why because he knew I, I would rather the Tory Hunter at that time. I'll tell you this: looking at their stats right now, uh, Liriano should have gotten the Rookie of the Year. Probably he was 12 and three his first year, right? Didn't it's because Verlander went 17 and nine, and because he pitched 186 to 121 innings. That's a Big deal, but Liriano was markedly better. Two sixteen ERA to three sixty three, one flat whip to one thirty three. So like, I don't know, man. Is sixty innings of mediocre production better than what Liriano was? By WAR, it wasn't. So anyway, do you think in today's side. day of advanced analytics that it would have been different? It, yes, I think it would. I I think he would have finished at least second because he finished third. Jonathan oh Papelbon finished. I didn't remember that. Him. Yeah, Papelbon finished that. Now Papelbon was a full on, fully fledged closer. In fact, he has a pretty good case on this too. Over Verlander, he had a .92 ERA, .77 WHIP in sixty eight and a third innings with thirty five saves for the Red Sox. Like that's pretty amazing for a rookie. Jonathan Papelbon is my least favorite player. Well, he doesn't play anymore, but I can't stand that guy. I call him yeah. Papel Douche. Total clown, <laughs> uh, just for on field. Like I, I, he doesn't bother. Like he doesn't commit crimes off the field or anything. So it's all sports hate. But I can't stand that dude. And uh, but he probably deserved it even more. If you're really looking at this and kind of sorting by war first, and then kind of making your tweaks, Verlander's fourth behind Jared Weaver, who we didn't even talk about. So anyway, oh, that's the 2006. Wow. That's the 2006 class in the AL, which was deep. Uh, Nick Marquegas, Ian Kinsler coming up in the rear too, both playing really well for wow. a long time. So what, what a, a sick class. class that was. Wow. Yeah. Kenji Jojima was another one who was short-lived, but he wow. was good. He came from overseas. Um, but yeah, those were the seven was, guys. Wasn't Jojima, didn't he throw sidearm if I remember? No, no, you might be thinking, uh, you're thinking of their, their pitchers. Kenji Jojima was the catcher. Oh, um, that's right. You're right. You're right. Is it Kaz Suzaki? Kurt, or, um, no. I, I think I know you're talking about Kazuhiro Suzaki. He won a he won a rookie of the year too. He he threw. I think he might have thrown a little bit lower, but uh, oh, you might be thinking about you, Bang Hung Kim, who definitely threw sidearm. He threw submarine actually. But anyway, I've derailed everything. 
No, no, it's good. I, I love talking about, we actually, last week we were just doing like, we did a game uh, with Eric Cross about when oh, I, like uh, I picked retired players of when they debuted in their last game. So we were talking about like Joe Creedy's and oh we were God. talking about like, uh, I don't want to say all twins because there were a lot of twins on the list because I wrote the game. Yeah, you definitely, wanted, you definitely wouldn't have wanted that for Lander Carr. Get out of here. Yeah, but um, it was fun. But I, I always love doing that. But I digress. Let's go to our game of the week. All right. And All Cheesecake right. is hosting the game this week. So what are we playing? Gentlemen, I, I decided to incorporate our game of the week with my prep for our position previews so that I was killing two birds with one stone. This week, uh, well, I guess in the last week or two, not only do we have our first ADPs from, from NFBC, we have about, I have about 12. I got 12 in by Tuesday when I did this research. But we also have uh, steamer projections. And so I went through the steamer projections for catchers. And, uh, and I uh, did myself a, 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 a standard deviation for their roto uh, statistics to try and figure out in one number, how to rank the catchers based upon the projections. Now, I look at the top 30 drafted catchers from NFBC ADP and compared to the steamer projections based upon my uh, my analysis and their standard deviation from the Roto, Roto uh, statistics. And basically what, what you find is that some guys are drastically overdrafted, some guys are drastically underdrafted, and some guys are right about the same. So this game is based upon catchers and whether or not they're being overdrafted, underdrafted, or, or drafted the same. So how this is going to work, this is going to be uh, uh, the Price is Right style game where, where, where we go, uh, each person gets a, gets a decision, gets a choice, uh, and then, uh, and then it, the, the, the decisions move to the next person for the next round they start. So we're going to start off with Eric, then David, then Spore for the first question. The first, the top five catchers off the board in NFBC are JT Real Muto, Salvador Perez, Will Smith, Wilson Contreras, and Yasmani Grandal. Can you repeat that again? Oh, JT Real Muto, Sal Perez, Will Smith, Wilson Contreras, and Yasmani Grandal. That's one through five. Three of them are being picked at their uh, position in my standard deviation ranks. One of them is being underdrafted, and one of them is being overdrafted. So for three points, Eric, give me one who is being overdrafted, one who's being underdrafted, and one who's being picked at the right spot. Okay. Um, so it's, it's JT, Will Smith, blank, blank, JT, and Randolph. Sal Perez, Will Smith, Contreras, and Grandal. Gotcha. Ready. Okay, right. Eric. Uh, I'm going to say JT is being drafted at his position. Okay. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Will Smith is being overdrafted because Eric Cross is a big fan of him. <laughs> and I'm going to say Wilson Contreras is underdrafted. David, I'm going to say definitely Grundahl is being underdrafted. I feel like he is so like far down. Um, I'm going to say Sal Perez is being overdrafted. 
And I will say JT is being at the spot he's drafted. Okay. That's one's my too hot, too. one's too... Oh. Did I pick the yeah. same one as four? Yeah, JT, even Sal over, Grandall under. I can't just fake that. That would make it different. <laughs> the Okay, JT is being drafted even. Sal is being drafted even. And Contreras is being drafted oh. even. Will Smith is the 14th best catcher by by steamer projections. So he is being overdrafted. And Yasmani yes. Grandal is being, is being underdrafted. So each of you got two points in that Perfect. first round. Thank you, Eric. I just Eric want Ross. you guys to know. I just want you guys to know if if I beat Paul Spore at this game, this is going on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I got two points too. Don't worry. Yeah, two, I'm two, ready. two. We're gonna do the same for six through ten. Underdrafted, overdrafted, even. And six through ten are Travis Darno, Christian Vasquez. Austin Nola, Sean Murphy, Gary Sanchez. And we're going to start with David. All right. I think Sanchez is definitely being underdrafted. I feel like he just like plummeted. Um, I'm going to say. Travis D'Arno is going to, is overdrafted. I feel like the ending of, or how he kind of was in the shortened season kind of boosted him up pretty high. And I'll say that Austin Nola is at value. Uh, score? All right, I'm going to say Travis Darnold. Darnold is being overdrafted. I'm going to say Nola's even, and I'm going to say Gary Sanchez is being... Underdrafted. He copied me again. <laughs> wait, wait, that's the same exact thing you said? Yeah. Oh my god. No, it's fine. It's fine. No, I, I know. You. I thought we were... wait, wait. I thought you said I thought you said overdrafted for Sanchez. You I said, said over for Darno and then under for Sanchez. Oh yeah. Okay, so I thought we were going opposite. No, 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 it's fine. No, we're it's going fine. the same. I'll... Yeah, I, I got it. I gotta go with what I gotta go. I, I put OEU right next to him instantly. Can't wait when you put the same thing. Dang. Should I just should I just should I just do it for giggles to say the same? No. Is, is that I mean if you have it, sure, but no, you're, no. you're, you're, you're just trying to deadlock it. Uh it would be funny to deadlock. Uh I actually have Nola being drafted uh at value. I think Murphy's being underdrafted, and I think Gary Sanchez being a little overdrafted. Okay, well, uh Gary Sanchez is being underdrafted. He's the tenth catcher off the board, he's eighth by uh by my rankings. Uh, Sean, uh, so uh, that's the only points awarded. Darno is actually being underdrafted as well. He's the fifth best mm. catcher on steamer projections. You also have Vasquez is even. Nola is being overdrafted. He's mm. the 11th, and he's the eighth off the board. He's the 11th best catcher by steamer projections. And Murphy is even. He's the ninth best off the board and ninth best by projections. Okay. So I only got one, and Spore only got one. Eric, how many yeah. did you get? I got zero. Yeah, so it's two, three, three. All right, so for this next round, uh, we're going to go with three. It's going to change format a little bit. Number 13 catcher is Mitch Garver. Number 14 is Jorge Alfaro. And number 17 is Pedro Severino. They are all being overdrafted. Who is being overdrafted the most? Spore, we start with you. 
That is very difficult. All right, so you have to figure out projections that. Okay, I don't want to give away all my things. <laughs> I'm gonna say you do. Right. You do all the thinking. I'll just copy your answer. Pa- Pedro Severino that. for me. Pedro Severino. I'm going Garver. I mean, I look at it and I feel like it has to be Garver just to me because I'm like people are still chasing what he was in 2020 and that they're just hoping that he gets even half of that. I'm going to go Garver. As a matter of fact, you guys are all wrong. Severino. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's Alfaro then. Alfaro, Alfaro is is the 14th pick off, catcher off the board, and he's the 32nd best catcher by um, by Steamer ratings. Severino's the 17th off the board, and he's the 34th best catcher. So he's 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 only one. He's 17. Oh. So it's 18 to 17, and Garver is the 13th catcher off the board, but he is uh, the 24th best catcher. So he's 11. Yeah, the takeaway, we all suck at this game. Yeah, right? That 2019 <laughs> is still doing a lot of work for Garver in projection systems. So for I, sure. I, it was between Severino and Alfaro for me. So, I, But based on that, I should get 20 points <laughs> because they picked the, the wrongest guy. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm still <laughs> in this game. To I, I have my, I'm pulling up my resume as we talk, so go ahead. <laughs> they don't have a lot of work experience. We on continue them. on. Okay, for, uh, for this one, we are going to go – with uh, some some vets, uh, one of them is being overdrafted, one of them is being underdrafted, and one of them is being evenly drafted. So it's just going to be three. So you give me one of one of each. They are James McCann, Yadi Molina, and Buster Posey. Oh, let me tell you, McCann is the twelfth, Posey's the fifteenth, and Molina's the sixteenth. All right, um, uh, Eric starts. Yep. All right, I'm going to say Yadi or Molina is being drafted even. I'm saying um, Buster Posey's being overdrafted, and James McCann is my favorite catcher, so I'm going to say he's underdrafted. David? Um, I'm going to say McCann is being overdrafted. I'm going to say Posey is even, and Molina is being underdrafted. I don't feel confident about it, though. Uh, a score. I'd say McCann is even, Molina's under, and Posey's over. Three different answers. I think we did. Nice. <laughs> okay. So, uh, McCann is the 12th catcher off the board, and he is even. He is Dang the 12th it. best Let's projection. Posey is the 15th catcher off the board, and he is the 16th catcher by projection. So he's over. And Molina is the 16th catcher off the board and the 10th catcher by projection. Nailed it. So, Eric, you got one. David, you got one. Spore got three. Let's go. Were you just, are you just like a late bloomer, just like waiting to just, just letting us ride along for a little bit and then just. Hey, I'm giving my, my answers as is. That one was really tough. Um, this is this is this is very difficult. How many more rounds do we have, by the way? Uh, three. Okay, because the deeper we get in, I think the harder it's going to be. Personally, oh yeah. So okay, for this one, we have two catchers are being underdrafted, and one catcher is being overdrafted. And those catchers are, and I want you to tell me who you think they are. Dalton Varsho, the 11th off the board. Wilson Ramos, the 22nd off the board. 
Carson Kelly, the 19th off the board. One is being overdrafted, two are being underdrafted. And we are starting with David, I think. I mean, to me, Varsha has been like the talk of the town because he's going to be catcher eligible and he might be playing the outfield and still bases. So I think he has to be the one that's being overdrafted a ton. And then the other two would be under, is my guess. Okay. Uh, Spore? I have to agree, too. He's too young. I just don't think projection systems can really like him that much. I hate the stalemate for for David there, where he can't gain on me. But, I mean, again, I can't pretend I can't pretend to feel differently. Yeah. Yeah, you know, as much as I want to differ- differentiate from you guys, I put the exact same thing. So I Fair. want to seem like I'm smart for a round. Fair. Who does Dalton Varsha play for? You're copying. I think that you don't even know who he is. Yeah, but uh, the other two are going to be underdrafted because they've played. It's a prospect versus the others. Because yeah, because okay. they're all. His process actually is pretty smart. <laughs> oh yes, more's on my side. Eat that, David. You're insane. So, so you guys all got Wilson Ramos right. He's being underdrafted. Uh oh. He's the 22nd yeah. catcher off the board and the and the 17th best catcher by ratings. Dalton Varsho is the 11th catcher off the board and the 6th catcher by ratings because of oh. his steals. Because oh, of his steals. Point. Uh, his Damn. steals are in are so valuable as far as a catcher. So he's the 6th best yeah. catcher. And uh, Carson Kelly is the 19th off the board, but the 23rd best catcher by Steamer Projections. Damn. So you guys all got one point there. Jeez. Forgot about his steals. I did too. <laughs> I was just thinking prospect being with nothing on him. You know, not not a whole lot to go off of, but they use minor league stuff too, so it makes sense with Varsho. I do like him in real life too. Oh yeah. Really interesting. So um the next uh let's see. So I'm down two. I'm still down two with two questions left, right? Right. All right. Um two guys are being uh, two guys are being underdrafted, and one is being overdrafted. And the three catchers are the 21st catcher off the board, Danny Jansen, the 23rd catcher off the board, Max Stassi, and the 24th, Jacob Stallings. And we are starting with Sporer, I think. Yes. All right. This is an interesting one here. So there's two under, one over. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm going to say... Oh, man. He sh- this shouldn't be true. This should not be true, by the way. But I'm going to say Max Stassi is the overdraft, and the other two are the underdrafts, Jansen and Stallings. But I think Max Stassi is a freaking beast. So I hope I'm wrong. I almost hope I'm wrong here. But yeah, that, well, God, I'm second guessing myself. No, no, no. I want to say Stallings is the 24th. Yeah. You know, he's like 200 years old. I'm going to say overdrafted for Stallings and Max Sassy's under. If I change it to be wrong, that's going to be so frustrating. (laughs) Uh, Eric. So I had Max Stassi as my overdrafted, and I'm locking that in, especially because Spore debated back and forth. So if I can't win this game, I at least want to win this category over him. 
Yeah, and I'm just for the fact that I think he'll be mad if we both pick Stassi and he got it wrong. I'll go Stassi as well. Well, okay, so you you guys are going Stassi for overdrafted. Yeah, yeah. You guys should have listened to Spore. Let's oh. go. Jansen and Stassi are being underdrafted. Stallings is being overdrafted. Stallings is the 24th off the board, 28th in my ratings. There's no power. Stassi 23rd. 23rd off the board for Stassi, 21st in my rankings, and Jansen 21st off the board, 20th in rankings. Big Mac Stassi fan, by the way. Should have the job. Looking at their uh, depth chart over here. Should have the job. Free and clear for the most part. Dude hit for some power. Look what he did this past year. And if he hadn't gotten hurt, I think his his season would have stood out more. So Max Stassi for the Angels. If you play in two catcher leagues, he's right up your alley. Seven homers and a 278, 352, 533 line in 31 games. He was I picked him a lot in DFS. Like he was yes. a monster to put at the catcher position. When he, he was, was healthy, he was crushing. Oh yeah. I think I think uh before this last question that uh, it is actually um it's actually over already, but it let's keep indeed. going. All right, the last let's one. Keep, I'm yeah, gonna X um, out of my resume. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> um, can I update lost to score? So this last one, two guys are being overdrafted and one being underdrafted. And I really like I really like this last one. So I, I, I want to see how this goes. Who started last? Spore? Yeah, so Eric yeah. starts. Eric starts. Uh, Tom Murphy, Jan Gomes, and Omar Narvaez. Two are being overdrafted. One's being underdrafted. We'll get to know where they're going. Oh, yes. Murphy's 20th off the board. Gomes, 27th. Narvaez, 29th. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going go. Gomes is being overdrafted. Gomes is over, it sounds like. Yeah, I think that's what he's going with. No, I said Gomes is underdrafted because I need to differentiate and try to win this round over you guys. Okay, so overdrafted for Murphy and Arvaez. Yep. Okay. Uh, David? Um, You said two were overdrafted? Yep. I'm going Narvaez. Is, I can't think if Suzuki is still signed with Washington. I think he is. No, he's a free agent. Oh. Then he's being overdrafted as well. And then I'll go but Tom Murphy. Suzuki, Wait, you mean Gomes? Gomes is still with the Nats, if, if that's yeah. what you're wondering. Yeah, but I was thinking, I was wondering if they had a timeshare with them or not. If, so uh, if, if Suzuki so saying, was still. So you're saying Gomes is overdrafted then? Yeah, I think Gomes is overdrafted too, since he's going to be the, the main catcher there. So they'll take him a little more. So I'll go Narvaez and Gomes is overdrafted and Murphy is under. Okay. I'll go Narvaez as under because he's coming off a crap year. And I think the projections are still going to give him. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with him being under um, at 29. Jeez. I don't know. Yeah. I'll go with it. Underdrafted for him. Well, Tom Murphy's probably the answer though. Murphy is the twentieth catcher off the board, thirty eighth catcher by my ratings. I knew it. So he is he's being way overdrafted. Uh Narvaez, twenty ninth catcher off the board, thirty seventh catcher by my rating. So okay. he's also being overdrafted. So it is Gomes. Gomes is a twenty seventh off the board, eighteenth by ratings. Real good value. But David, I think your logic, your thought, your 
thought trail should have led you to Gomes being under. Yeah. Right? Because you're, he, yeah. he's going to have the full-time job. That's what I was trying to get you toward. <laughs> I guess was like, I wasn't, th- I forgot where he or had him ranked. Because I think more people are thinking like you that, hey, Suzuki are still there, so I'm not going to draft him. So he goes late. But then the projections are like, oh, Suzuki's gone. So Scrubby McGee is back up. Let's juice up the projections. Yeah. 15% or whatever they mm-hmm. do to account for the lack of a good backup. Um, so yeah, I was hoping Narvaez is, I, I, I was actually thinking, I was thinking Narvaez's bad season. That is the tough part though. Like would the projections like him enough to keep him high in your system that you created, uh, LC, or does he suck? Is people remembering the name too much and still drafting him? He was terrible by the way. How bad was yeah. Omar Narvaez? Mm-hmm. I was a big expectation. Yeah. The one thing people were saying was like, well, the one thing we know is he'll definitely replace Grandal's bat, but can he play defense? They actually taught him defense. He had, he had a really good defensive season behind the dish, completely surprising, but he was god-awful at, uh, at bat. So that was a weird flip for Omar Narvaez. But anyway, that was a fun game. I like that. I was wondering cool. if I heard Omar, they said that he was focusing so much on defense that that might have had to be. He- had yeah. to be because he completely tanked and he com- he became a stud defensive catcher. So it's just like tipping the scales where he metered all the way over to defense and maybe just didn't get to keep his normal processes for batting and and had a rough season. Of course, 60 games too, you know, maybe he'd have come out of that as he got more, okay, I got the catching down. Now I can get back to my hitting and actually boost my average because his average was like sub 200, I think. Yeah, he was awful. And it's awful to say this, but I have to give you the crowd cheer for Spore taking home the title for this game. I had such high hopes for yes. taking him down. So, Spore, the FaceTime is yours, my man. I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know you're a busy guy, so we really appreciate your time. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for having me on, and I'm going to address something so that it doesn't come up later when you guys talk about me. I yawned at one point. It was not because I was tired uh, or <laughs> bored by you guys, and I want to be clear about that because yawning is remarkably rude, and that's why I try to block it. Um, I just, you know, sometimes hit a yawn randomly, and I'm like, oh man, if I'm if I'm like talking with someone, I don't want them to be like, this guy is so it, so unbelievable that I'm boring him. Sorry, <laughs> it was definitely not that. I assure you guys. Uh, I don't run on a whole lot of sleep, so an occasional yawn uh, slips out there. But I had a blast. This was a lot of fun. Uh, people can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash spore, twitch.tv slash spore. I stream five, six, sometimes seven nights a week. Last week was all seven nights. So uh, then come over to twitch.tv slash spore. If you want baseball all winter, I got you covered. I know some of y'all don't get into the fall sports. I play fantasy football, but my heart is still with baseball. So I keep baseball going year-round. Are there any projects that you're working on or any articles that people can expect that they might see anytime soon or anything kind of like that that they or can see any, coming out? Or anything that slaps? Uh, well, everything I do slaps. That's okay. uh, by okay. nature. I, I try to make sure that it slaps uh, or else I shouldn't put it out, right? You know, if it's not a slap material, I like it. Bring it back and re- review it. Um, but we got positional rankings coming out. I'll start to put on my first run. I did my SPs, you know, cause I kind of focus on starters. So as my main focus, so I did those a while ago, but I'll start to put all the other positions out probably similar to what else he's doing, kind of working on projection uh, rankings. Also working on the fantasy black book, which I work on every year with Joe Pizapia and company. I'm, I got to turn in my starting pictures for that very soon. So, but you'll be able to get that probably in December fantasyblackbook.com. And then uh, got some things coming down in, in Twitch slash YouTube world, but I don't want to get too deep into that. We're, we're going to have a custom league 
Uh, we're going to be starting that up where we have a draft. I'm in, I'm in another custom league where we had the draft the other night. It's it's just so fun kind of building your team because there's so many cards in MLB The Show this year to use. But I'll probably be making a YouTube series out of that. I've been dabbling with YouTube. I'm not like a full-time YouTuber or anything. So there hasn't been anything on it for like a month. And now I'm going to get back into that as well. So, But I always post everything on Twitter. So stay tuned there if you want to see what else is coming. Oh, and one other thing. I did a recent piece of finding the, ne- the next hitters who are going to join the top 75 players. I'm going to do another one for deeper players. Uh, that they're going to join the top 150. They'll be the next guys that are going to be in the top 150, which is still a really productive player. It seems like it's late, but I'm talking about guys that that are going to be in the 150 next year. Consider that somebody like Fran Mil Reyes is getting picked 157. So that tells you what kind of player a top 150 is. And Max Stassi is going to be on that list. Foreshadowing. <laughs> hey, so I think I do, you need. I, I do every player. I do a catcher. You know, I do a whole team of those. In your verified Twitter bio, you need a uh, president of the Max Stassi fan club. I, I might have to if, I, if if it if it gets to be a thing this offseason where I'm associated with him, I'll be fine with that. And uh, I might have to put it in the bio because I think he's going to be a monster. He was a prospect coming up. I like pedigree. I know some people don't like it. They don't, you know, prospect schmasmack. They get it wrong so often, and I get that. But on the whole. The baseball industry does a really good job. It's just remarkably difficult to actually be good. And, of course, there's great stories from the umpteenth round and all that. That's what makes baseball so great. But a lot uh, year over year, they're improving their quality on the top picks. So when the Eric Longenhagens of the world and other many, many wonderful people in the prospect community put somebody down, I keep an eye on it. And I give them more than just like their first taste of the majors. Max Stassi's dealt with things. He hasn't been able to find time. He's been hurt. And catchers develop late anyway, so the fact that he's 29 doesn't bother me at all. But anyway, I didn't expect this to be a Max Stassi hour, but uh, <laughs> apparently I'm, I'm marking my flag right here. And like I said, I'm fine with it. If I'm associated with Max Stassi, I'm happy to be because I think he's going to be a badass catcher. And a lot of us play two catcher leagues, so you need to know the depth of the pool. You can't just get you know, Mitch Garver as the last guy to take a catcher and think you're good to go. For those right. who are listening and play fantasy baseball with Spore, make sure you draft Max Stassi so that you have trade capital over him. <laughs> don't don't you dare touch him. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, everybody listening, thanks for listening. Paul Spore is the man again. Follow him at Spore on Twitter, at P underscore Spore on Instagram, Twitch, everything. He is the man. Make sure you keep in mind for next week. If you enjoyed the Brunson Arroyo interview we had last week, make sure you check that out. But also we have Bob Carpenter play-by-play announcer for the Nationals on next week's episode. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But until next week, we will see you guys then. Stay safe and uh, keep enjoying the offseason. Dun, dun, dun. Let me start that again.